0: Welcome to the table. This week we are talking about Advent love, and I invited my coworker to come and join me at the table. So I am so excited to welcome Rebecca Haney to the table. Hi, welcome. Angela. It's so nice to be here. I'm glad that you're here. I um yeah. When I was trying to figure out this this Advent series, i this is the third year I've done it, and I really am prayerful about who I ask and kind of waiting on the Lord. And I felt like Him. Pressing, Rebecca is the person that you need to talk to. Well, about this. I'm flattered by that. I, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Hopefully, you feel that way at the end of the discussion. So, Rebecca and I work together. Um, you may have heard from other episodes. I work for KTIS. She works for Faith Radio. The best way I think to explain that KTIS is music, Faith is talk,
1: talk and teaching. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Which complement they complement each other. Nicely, I think. like to think so. Yeah. We're kind of on the same team but, <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. it's an
1: amazing place to work. Yeah. I think you would agree for sure. Yes. And, and the people that we work with and just it's a very hopeful and encouraging atmosphere mm-hmm. behind the scenes as well as uh, what you hear on the airwaves. So that's it's I'm honored to work here every day. hmm.
0: Well, and something that has struck me, too, is the authenticity of the people we work with. I thought I was OK. Like I was a little afraid that it was going to be like, God, is so good. God, it's great.
1: Which is true. And that everybody's perfect behind the scenes. And you feel like you were the only oddball. Right, right.
0: (laughs) But life is hard and we're humans. And we're working with humans. Right.
1: And, And we do it together. And I think, and hopefully this comes out over the course of our discussion today, that um that that support and being part of a family mm-hmm. a family of faith is so vital and i don't use those words lightly that mm-hmm. it very much the people that are walking alongside you in very difficult times god puts them there in your life for a reason and they help carry you through some really difficult times so it is like family mm-hmm. exactly
0: is there anything else that you want to tell us by way of introduction i just oh, said that we work um, together but you're a
1: producer over at- yes I I produce an afternoon show, which means I do a lot kind of behind the scenes, um, do some voice work and things like that as well. But mostly I get to talk with guests and find new guests and Mm -hmm. you know how that can go (laughs) Um, and and do a lot of scheduling and technical work, things like that. But it's a great place to work um, in terms of uh, personal bio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm married to an awesome man named Matthew and we have uh, four kiddos with us right now Mm -hmm. and one that awaits us in heaven. Mm-hmm. Which is, Gabriel. That's Gabriel,
0: mm-hmm. and that was that was the topic that I felt like the Lord was nudging. That, so this idea of Advent love, that there is risk, in in loving. So would you share a little bit about? Give us a little bit of the story, Gabriel's story, and how your story and Gabriel's story intersects.
1: Sure. Uh, well, we are a blended family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have three awesome kiddos uh, from my husband's first marriage and they live with us full time. And we also have uh, a child named Jeremiah and Mm -hmm. and he's awesome and we love him. (laughs) And he's kind of toddling around right now. (laughs) Got to make sure that he stays out of everything he's supposed to stay out of because he's all boy and Mm -hmm. he doesn't get that you're not supposed to pull everything off the Christmas tree. Right. (laughs) Because if it shines and blinks, it right. needs to be in his hand and on the floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so we had a very busy household, I guess, is is kind of setting the the picture for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and unexpectedly, I uh, found out that shortly after we'd had Jeremiah, I became pregnant again. And so we were a little bit in disbelief and, mm-hmm. and um, but aside from kind of maybe that complicating the picture that you have in your mind. Mm-hmm. We believe that you know, life is a gift from God and that this child is going to be very special. Uh, because he wasn't part of our plan. Clearly he was mm-hmm. part of God's plan and he was a gift. Uh, and so that's how my husband and I approached it. We kept it kind of private for a while just because, um, you know, we're kind of private people <laughs> about things <laughs> like that. Uh, but so it, how do you
0: feel, uh, feel on the podcast sharing? <laughs> well, it's all out
1: there now. Uh, it, and we're all among friends, right? Right. Uh, but there can be some complex emotions that you go through because we, were, we had a very young baby Mm-hmm. as well um, and I was kind of just getting back to work and then suddenly we discovered Gabriel was on the way hmm and so it was that part of it was a surprise for us but a joyous surprise and then about six months later uh, we had another surprise which was less pleasant and that was that um, unbeknownst to me my water had broken earlier um, oh, wow. Far early than than we're supposed to, so mm-hmm. that was at about twenty seven weeks, so long, and I had to have an emergency C section right then and so gabriel was born um at 27 weeks of development which made him a micropreemie. Mm-hmm. and um, when babies are that small like i i really couldn't uh, get a chance to hold him or anything it was the last thing that we expected i just thought well something doesn't seem quite right mm-hmm. um so i'll go into the doctor and just get it checked out and they were doing these tests and it, it escalated to an emergency situation pretty quickly um, so I was just kind of speaking the Psalms like over and over mm-hmm. again in my head, like when I'm afraid I will put my trust in thee. That was the only thought that was going through my <laughs> head this whole time. Nothing happened the way that I had wanted or that it, I pictured it in my head um, during those few days. But he was Gabriel was immediately transported in kind of this like little incubator mobile, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing the technology they have to provide for and care for and sustain these tiny, tiny little babies Cause was he even a pound he was a pound he was a pound and eleven ounces, oh my so not two pounds, very small. Um, and uh, so I couldn't hold him or anything. They immediately took him to a Children's Hospital in Minneapolis, which is one of the best in the country for mm-hmm. um, children that young. And so he was in around-the-clock care 24-7 in his own private room in um, the NICU for about five weeks. And so that was our life over the summer. Um, we went back and forth. We stayed overnight at the hospital quite a bit, um, and then we were able to kind of drive back and forth, which is about a half-hour commute from our home to the downtown area. And, and isn't it
0: amazing how quickly that can become a new normal? Mm-hmm. Both of my boys were born six weeks early and both spent time in the NICU, and the how quickly it became the normal to you do life and then you go... And then you go in and you see your baby in the mm-hmm. NICU and for for my boys, it was a very it was five days and nine days, but I was shocked at okay there 's this new normal, and you just do what you have to do because that 's what 's happening like you right. just deal with what 's right in front
1: of you and and there are many people, many families that are in um, that cycle for much longer. Um, we really appreciate the blessing of the ronald McDonald house, for example, being able to stay in the hospital um, overnight when we needed it um for several days that was the case both at the beginning and then near the end of gabriel's life Mm -hmm. um since i kind of began that's not going to be a surprise to people um but it was it was a strange kind of routine like you lose track of the day's um, but you do meet a lot of people who are in similar situations. You meet a lot of great nurses and a lot they're of amazing, amazing. doctors. Mm-hmm. And you just think, wow, there's they are like special angels that care for these children. And typically he would have like one main nurse for a day at a time. And or... 12-hour shifts you would have two main nurses and they just dedicate themselves to watching over one maybe two children the way this hospital is set up anyway so you really grow to appreciate the technology that's there and the care that these folks have and the value that they place on these little amazing little people um, that have to display so much strength things you don't Mm -hmm. even think about like the ability to take your next breath mm-hmm. or to keep your heart beating or to process your food correctly right. or, or your, your, body right. your body temperature right in your body like it's just all these little things and you th- don't think about it because that's supposed to be happening in inside you as a mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. and God created us in such amazing ways that our bodies do all of that and and provide for our children what they need and then we kind of get to see that miracle occurring outside the womb mm-hmm. for a while And so that was just a a really, again, reinforcing and clarifying experience of how valuable these little people really are and how much they can touch your your life.
0: And it's not lost on me that his name is Gabriel, and we're talking about Advent love and the Mm -hmm. angel Gabriel coming and making the declaration. Unexpectedly.
1: Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) Right, And that's it.
1: So that was one of the reasons we chose that name is that he was God's messenger god's warrior um and mighty Mm -hmm. and so that's what everybody said about gabriel said oh he's a fighter Mm -hmm. he's such a fighter brave little guy yeah
0: and something that i I heard you say time again is plan like Mm -hmm. getting pregnant with him wasn't according to your plan him coming early wasn't a part of your plan which i think i think when things don't because so infertility is also part of my back ground mm-hmm. so i wanted i didn't get pregnant when i wanted to so i wasn't getting pregnant according to my plan. plans yeah and i <laughs> and so then people who got pregnant when they weren't expecting it that was like that's where i felt common ground was it wasn't according to the plan that i had like right. i was like lord like here's the plan just sign off mm. lord just just sign off
1: on it and we'll be good that's <laughs> how it
0: works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs>
1: But it feels. Isn't that weird that we feel so much of a state of control over our lives in the everyday and just kind of truck along and think, mm-hmm. "All right, Lord, thanks for my blessings," and, yeah. but I mostly got this, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can I can kind of drive my own life and just look down and smile on me every once in a while. We're okay, <laughs> and then something hits you like a tornado. That and you're completely all completely out of your control. You're all spun around. You don't really know. And you're struck with, I think, the reality that it always is, how dependent we are mm-hmm. for everything on um, circumstances that are out of our control, but they are well within God's control. And that's something that when it doesn't go the way you want to, it's hard to navigate in your brain. But I think what we're responsible for, and one of the things I'm walking through right now, is not creating this set of circumstances that looks good and feels good and feels comfortable that's not really what life is Mm -mm. um life is developing us and and for for someone who believes in christ and and seeks to follow him our goal is not my will but Mm -hmm. yours be done Mm -hmm. and and to use the time that i have here on earth to become more like christ and that's what God is working in us through circumstances that are typically not ones that we would foresee or we would choose.
0: Right, right. So so thinking about Advent love and the risk of loving and the loss that you've had, you know, what were you, because I'm thinking about Advent love that, that Christ came, came as a baby, came as vulnerable. I mean, you mm. think about the vulnerability of a baby and the circumstances that he was born into that he made himself vulnerable like that that he loved us that he risked that love that he sacrificed did, did you think about his love in the midst of what was happening in those five weeks with gabriel
1: i think it's the only thing that gets you through mm. i think there are so many uh, lessons that you learn and that, honestly before i was married before i had children there were times when people would say you'll understand when you're a parent mm. you think you know god now but you understand when you become a parent and I kind of brushed that off at the time, <laughs> like most 20-somethings do. We think we know well, maybe more than than we find out later. <laughs> but it, it is something I found to be true, that I see God differently. And I understand what it means to be a father and what it means to um, relate to your children in that way. Like That aspect of God has really come alive to me over the last couple of years, and, and him drawing nigh as the loving parent. Mm-hmm that is so hard when you have to say goodbye Mm -hmm. and that was the case for us with Gabriel is he had he was doing really well for a while and then developed an infection or symptoms of an infection they couldn't identify it they couldn't find it they did every test they could think of and things just kind of went downhill Mm -hmm. Um, so we knew the end was coming near and there's not a lot that you can do as a parent but you have to be there Mm -hmm. Mm. and you have to advocate for your child and I remember talking with the doctors and they became pretty I think fatalistic uh, or maybe that was my interpretation at the time they were doing the best that they could right but it's stumping to, to have to try all these different tests and get no answers and they're working in the realm of that information and if there's a missing piece, I think it frustrates them a little bit because they can't right, figure right. out what to do. Uh, well, so and I think you...
0: sometimes, too, it's hard to remember
1: that they're practicing oh, yeah. medicine. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I greatly appreciate their help. Um, but there was a conversation that I had with a couple of the doctors, and I said, I have to feel like there's hope. And you reminding me of what you see coming all the time. I'm not ignorant of it. But I'm operating under the assumption that there is hope. Mm -hmm. And I'm continuing to pray for miraculous work here and now. And it doesn't matter how it turns out. Because my son came into this world under the will of God. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be here exactly as long as it takes to accomplish God's will. And then he's going to go and be with him. So when you think about the risk of loving, when you're put in a situation where things are kind of, they are feel like they're out of your control. What I was learning through that is the dependency on God, for sure. Because mm-hmm. that's all I did in mm-hmm. the room As I would pray and I would talk to Gabriel and we'd sing. We'd sing a lot. Um, And those last three days, all I could do was hold him and sing to him and talk to him. And so you were able to hold him. Um, right right at the end okay I was unable to hold him for his whole life Mm. until they thought he was done and then I got to hold him which was awesome it was like Mm -hmm. the best day ever Mm -hmm. um it doesn't sound like that because I'm like super weepy right now but (laughs) it was the best day ever (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then he kind of rallied and so we got to hold on to him again Mm. um, for like the whole day and then again for about half a day and That's when he left. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a risk in that. And I remember just in those last minutes, because I'm holding him, and all you want to do is protect your child. But in the end, he, uh, he was a gift. And as we understand, even though it's so hard, we don't really understand maybe until we get to the other side. But God gives us what we need when we need it. And then he gives us the strength when that's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember looking at his face and just thinking, I wish I could protect you. Mm -hmm. But you were given to me and now I need to let you go. And just knowing that the only reality that he's experiencing now is one without pain Mm -hmm. and one without suffering and without disappointment and it's joy it's 24 7 joy and Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine that Mm -hmm. and it's perfection and just even the taste of that that's enough to make you want eternity Mm -hmm. that's enough to keep you focused on Not just the here and now, because this is not all there is. This is really dreary and drab Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes down to it. Even at a time like Christmas, like this is probably the best and the shiniest and the happiest we can get. (laughs) And it's still pretty far from perfect. But to look down at his little face and think, when you open your eyes, you're going to see Jesus. Mm. You get to see him before I will. This is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And heaven becomes far more real to you. In in those moments, when you realize there's somebody on the other side waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe that will connect with people that have had those kinds of losses that um, you think, I I don't know what my life will be like from day to day. We kind of presume that. But I know that ultimately there there is a hope and a future that goes far beyond what we can see. So... Holding him and waiting was, I think, the hardest part mm-hmm. um, because there are voices that tell you, well, you know, whenever you want to, there, there are these machines that are the thing basically standing that are keeping in, him in the gap right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you decide that it would be more merciful or more compassionate, then we'll just start turning things off and it was really a difficult thing to be in the middle of and and when you hear those voices you think well am I doing the right thing Mm -hmm. but it was our conviction my husband Matt and I that every moment that we have with Gabriel was part of that gift and that we would not hasten one moment that we were going to spend and celebrate every moment he was with us and that was pretty difficult at the at the end mm-hmm. um, because none of this is on your timing no um but to be able to experience that and to and to dedicate him um in prayer and to sing praise songs with him and that's that's how we spent the last three days was singing and praying and praising God and crying a lot, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably looked like the most complete mess ever, <laughs> but that's that's how we spent the time and I think after he left, there were a lot of there's a lot of options that they offer you um that the nurses offer you, and I think there are people who really need that type of experience to um feel fulfilled, maybe. I don't regret a single moment that we spent and I honestly felt like when Gabriel's spirit had gone mm-hmm. and we committed him into the hands of the Lord in that way, I was at peace. Mm. There it didn't it didn't feel good. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it feels mm-hmm. like your heart's been ripped out of your chest. Right. The pain's the kind of pain that you can't explain. And it and it or resurfaces. Kind of peace. Oh my, God. the kind of peace you can't explain. <laughs> yeah, both really. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's what I was trying to put into words, and I really couldn't. I think there were ladies that were expecting that at that moment, that was the time when I would just fall apart and everything was over, and and I would be inconsolable at that moment. But there there is a peace that takes place, and you realize no, this is this is not at all what I wanted, and it's hard to think that this is the way it is supposed to be because mm-hmm. it all feels wrong. Mm-hmm. But to know that God's got Gabriel exactly where he's supposed to be in this moment. And it's not with me, which is not what I want. But he opened my heart in a way that I don't think I could have ever experienced without him. Mm-hmm. And so to the theme of love and risk, I think any time that you love, it comes with a risk. Mm-hmm and one thought that i heard that's been kind of helpful to me over the next because then you're dealing with with grief and right, the loss right. over the next years really forever <laughs> forever I lifetime. Mean, really,
0: yeah i really think it it sounds dramatic to say that your life will never be the same it's true yeah. your life will never be the same but that's not to say that you won't have joy and happiness and laughter again that might it might take time for that to come back but i i do think that when you suffer a loss like that it's a new normal
1: yeah. And and one thought that has helped me as I consider it is that sometimes God has to break our hearts so that they stay open. Mm. And now there are ways that I can feel and connect with other people, not that it's about me, but from my perspective, I think one of the things I've learned is the those levels of God's love for the father, mm-hmm. or for His children, mm-hmm. as a father who cares, who sees His children in all manner of circumstances that are not at all what He would have for them, mm-hmm. um, and to say, rescue those who are dying, mm-hmm. be with those. I am near the brokenhearted; that I I care so much that I'm willing to go through that hurt myself by giving my son. And and that was something that was so hard for me. Like, I didn't want to give up my son. Right. I didn't want him to be taken from me. And I don't know that I could have made that choice, the, the Abraham choice. Mm-hmm. There, God, you gave me this son, and now you're telling me I have to give him back. How? Why? You know, <laughs> that's not fair. What is but, that? what is God this? did that for us. Right. Mm-hmm. When we hated him. Mm-hmm so that we could be called sons and daughters of God.
0: What has this done to your view of God?
1: Oh, we've had long conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typically at like 3 a.m. Mm. when everything else is quiet and you just can't sleep. Um, I have a lot of those 3 a.m. conversations <laughs> with God, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, it It's still a source of wonder to Mm -hmm. me it's a source of questions i think for a long time i just wanted to know why Mm -hmm. but as as i was thinking about this over the last couple days actually um somebody asked me you know what are you what are you waiting for it's advent season we're in waiting preparation Mm -hmm. and anticipation what are you waiting for And for me, I mean, when all of this was happening over the summer, I was waiting for a miracle. I was waiting for healing. Um, And then when that didn't come the way that I wanted it to, I was waiting for the tears to stop Mm -hmm. and waiting for answers. I wanted to know why. Why us? Why now? Why this? Um, And now what I think I'm – Waiting for us to see how God's going to use it. Mm-hmm. And for me, knowing why has always been really important to me. I'm that type of person. I always i am curious and ask too many questions. Anyway. <laughs> no, That's good. I've got that's to make sense good. of it. Right. If I don't understand it, I want to make <laughs> sense of it. And I'm, I may never get those answers as to why exactly on this side of eternity. Um, so learning to be good with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also um, understanding that God can use this and that God is still good. And to trust Mm -hmm. that when it does not feel like that. And I I think as I'm teaching my Jeremiah, um, who's on his way to two, he's not even two yet. um, So he's got a lot to learn. And there are times when he doesn't understand why I do the things that I do in terms of like letting him fall down so that he can learn to walk. Right. Um, or taking away this what he thinks is a shiny new toy, and what I know is actually you know a potential a glass bulb, a, right? Or a choking <laughs> hazard, or a you know better not stick that in the electrical <laughs> right. outlet, right? right. Exactly. Um, so there are times when in the middle of that, he just doesn't get it. From mm-hmm. his perspective, I'm being mean or unfair, or I thought you loved me, Mom. You know why don't you mm-hmm. let me have this shiny object? Right. And just that's a simple example, but I I wonder if God doesn't. Kind of think that same way as we cry and and it's okay that we're throwing a tantrum because you run to the arms of your mom, your dad, and they're there to hold you, mm-hmm. but they're not going to give you anything that's going to harm you, and instead they want to help you, they want to help you grow, they want to lead you into the person that you need to be mm-hmm. um, because they love you, and so i don't understand why, which. You know, I still ask those questions sometimes, but I think my view of God has become the Father who cares and loves me deeply even when I don't understand it and even when I don't like him very right. much in the middle of things. It's for sure a tension yeah. that you have to hold that he's good
0: and there's been loss and yeah. these things have happened.
1: And to understand that he's in control of all of this. Mm-hmm. And so if, our, if my good father... Is in control of these things it's very much not what I want and honestly I think that's okay Mm -hmm. to go to him and say God this is not what I wanted and it doesn't feel very good right now to come to him and just and just be there Mm -hmm. and just allow his presence to illuminate my next steps because right now I'm not planning for the Mm -hmm. future I'm I'm not (laughs) planning beyond where we are here and now and I'm sure that will come with time But instead of looking ahead to my plans, I think what I'm seeking most is his presence and knowing that as long as I'm there, that's good enough.
0: Well, and that's relationship. I mean, that's what relationship with God looks like. Right. Even going to him when it's good, going to him when it's bad and it's painful. But that staying in relationship with him in spite of it, I think is important. Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) So... You can tell me if you think this is a crass question. Was it worth loving? Was it worth the risk? Would you have done anything different?
1: I think I think I was there. And I think that's the part of the proof of love is mm-hmm. that you are willing to sacrifice anything else mm-hmm. in order to be there. To be with the person that you love. Maybe that's a, a lesson as I'm talking it out. Maybe <laughs> that's one of the things I've learned is the importance of, of presence and being willing to give um, because that's there's, – there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like that is who I am. I am Gabriel's mom and that's what, that's what being a mom is. That's what it is to love. Mm -hmm. Is to risk. I don't think you can have that without it. You could maybe have an approximation of some nice feelings about somebody. Mm -hmm. But if you're not willing to give, then I'm not sure that it is the fullness of love. I mean, we love because he first loved us. Right, We understand what love is because we have a loving God. Mm-hmm. He's given us those gifts of relationships to illustrate how he feels about us and, ha- and the relationship he wants to have with us as well. And that's always characterized by giving. He gives bountifully. Um, and so that's what we're called to do as well as to give. So I don't know if this is the precise answer to your question, yep. um, but it is that's who we are i think as as human beings like at our best we're there to give of ourselves to love one another yeah. and i think that again is christ's example for us and i don't know that i could have ever done anything differently i mean i don't miss that time that we spent i i don't regret um, being there it, again is not at all how I thought things would turn out. Right. So it's a little strange to say, you know, I spent all of the time I had with you in a hospital room, or, you know, I wish maybe we I could have held him more sooner. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, little things like that. But anything that I gave was far and away uh, worth it. It was all it's all paid back in full by the connection that you have with that person you love with your child with your your parent maybe if you're struggling over how much time to spend with a parent who's Mm -hmm. sick pick up the phone give them a call be there Mm -hmm. Um, if you have to rearrange some of the Christmas plans in order to be with that family member um, it's worth it Mm -hmm. if if you have to maybe spend a little less money on one thing and then spend it on on another and make those calculations. Maybe it's not exactly the Christmas that you had planned but it's worth it to be there with those folks that you love. It is worth it to give because they're immortal I I think Um, I think that's what I would say Is that the C.S. Lewis line? That you've (laughs) never met an ordinary human being Mm that every single person that you meet, whether it's someone handing you coffee or um, the the spouse that you wake up to in the morning or the grandchild that you're excited to see for Christmas or the dude that cuts you off in traffic, like it's not an ordinary human being. God has his image and his hand on their lives as well and is placing you in proximity to that other person for a purpose, for Mm -hmm. this moment or for 50 years or for however long, you don't know how long that's going to be and so to see each and every person as an opportunity to give and to love i think that's i think that's a beautiful thing
0: yes it's worth it Yep. yeah that's good that'll preach
1: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i have it's <laughs> yeah. your yeah. show and i haven't even no. let you get a word in no no no, no that's
0: it's fine thank you for sharing your story i know it's something that's fresh so i really because it's fresh, that makes me all the more appreciative that you're willing to share it. Because I think Christmas can be a really hard time for people who have lost. And to wonder, to ask why. Yeah. People that are asking why, why are they suffering? Why did these things happen? But to understand the Advent love, that, to mm-hmm. understand that that God was giving his son, I think is an important comfort to offer Mm -hmm. in the midst of this season so thank you for
1: sharing your story thank you for asking and i think if just one more word to people who are around those that are struggling with grief Mm -hmm. once again if i I maybe that's my theme i didn't plan a theme but (laughs) the idea of presence and loving through your presence you don't have to know what that's presence meaning being there not the presence that you (laughs) wrap um the importance of feeling like someone is there with you Mm -hmm. that cares enough to be there even when it's hard you don't have to know the right things to say maybe that's just being there as a smiling face or you know taking them out for coffee or Mm -hmm. just anything and and just being the open ear the the open heart that's there with you in your grief i mean that's something that i've Appreciated so much about fellow Christians about our church family about our relatives and my co-workers here mm-hmm. um, That we were not alone We felt like we had big loving arms like God's people came around us and showed us his love um, So that's something that I will always treasure and so if you can be that type of Influence or experience that type of friend mm-hmm. to someone in need. I know it's awkward And so a lot of people kind of avoid it because Mm -hmm. it's awkward Mm -hmm. or you think, I don't want to make them sad by bringing up the person they lost. Yeah, if I say the name, they'll cry. Right. And 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 that's okay. But maybe that's what they need. Mm -hmm. And to recognize that that's that's something as we're talking with our older kids as well, I do say Gabriel's name and I bring it up and we don't have to cry about it. It's just like, oh, I remember that with Gabriel. Or um, remember when we were going to visit Gabriel and then this happened. Just acknowledging that it's not an unspeakable thing it's it's not something we need to keep hidden or in you know some sort of back recesses of our memory that it's too painful to talk about that's i don't think that's how god wants us to think about um to think about our lives or our family or you know that we do not grieve as those without hope for people who are followers of christ We follow him because he died to conquer death Mm -hmm. and was risen. So that's our hope. And so it's not as though death is an unspeakable thing. Death is our enemy, but Christ has won the victory. Mm -hmm. Um, So he is our hope because of his death and then his resurrection. So we have hope. He's gone before us. And that's our expectation too. So... The, I guess, the specter of death or going through a loss, it's still painful, but we do not grieve as those without hope. So, I guess, say their name, Mm -hmm. (laughs) be there to process those kinds of memories and those feelings, just, you know, take them a cup of coffee or their favorite restaurant gift card Mm -hmm. or something (laughs) like that, and uh, just be a friend to them just by being there. I think that means so much.
0: That's, yeah, I think that's great great advice to just show up and to be present with them yeah that's good so I'm going to change gears a little bit I've been asking everybody in this series to share a favorite Christmas memory oh. or a Christmas tradition
1: mm. oh our house was always full of music mm. we always went Christmas caroling whether that was with our church or um, you know just as a family we all sang and played instruments and things like that um, so that's something that my husband and I are actually going to carry on into our family now is um you get out the christmas carols and you go to uh, your local senior center or you know your neighborhood i guess mm-hmm. if it's not 50 below and right. six feet of snow <laughs> uh, and sing to one another and and encourage each other through those the the beauty and the poetry and the music it it's we only hear it that one time of year but there's Mm. such depth and such meaning um and it just makes people happy Mm -hmm. i mean if you talk to someone who is maybe having struggles remembering things nearing um that phase of their life they still remember all the words to silent night and that's amazing Mm -hmm. and you can smile with them and give them (laughs) joy uh so for me it's it's definitely music um and you know sometimes it's uh not everybody's on key but that's okay (laughs) So I hear the Christmas carols in harmony and the bells and the guitars in the background and, um, you know, smelling the the delicious homemade dinners mm-hmm. uh, and just knowing that we're there with one another so a lot of times we had to travel in our mm-hmm. family to get to see relatives but that could be the only time we would get to see them that year because mm-hmm. we were farther away so everybody piles in the car <laughs> and you get the christmas music going in the minivan mm-hmm. and you get to see grandma you know so it it was never about the gifts mm-hmm. i don't think it was ever about the gifts it was about being there and laughing and getting to see the people you love, but a lot of it uh, revolved around music. So I invite everyone to find their favorite Christmas carol and sing it loud. It doesn't matter. What's <laughs> what's the elf line? The best the way, way to, to spread, spread Christmas, Christmas cheer is singing cheer loud for, for all to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I greatly advise Christmas carols. It does wonders for the spirit. <laughs> it does.
0: Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on and sharing your story and being willing to be so vulnerable. Mm. I appreciate it, and I think it will be important to my listeners. And I think it'll hopefully make an impact for people who are maybe having similar struggles this season.
1: Well, and maybe if somebody out there just knows that they're not alone, Mm -hmm. that the questions they're asking, it's okay. Um, But to go to God with those questions, instead of loving them like as accusations against him, just know that he's right there with you. He is, he is right there with you, and he is willing to comfort you. He's willing to put up with whatever kinds of anger or sadness or feelings of injustice or all of those things, those the ugliness that comes out at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. He's there with you right now. So take them to him. He loves you.
0: Oh, Merry Christmas. Let's some cheer Thank you for joining me for this Advent episode of the Retreat House Podcast. Thank you, Anna Marie Carey, for letting me use your music again. I love it. It's perfect. If you are wondering about anything we talked about in this episode, you can go find out more information in the show notes. If you want to keep up with Retreat House Podcast, you can find us on social media at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me at at M N. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope you're having a wonderful Advent. And so
1: this Christmas, I hope you'll take the time To come on down to my side of town Cause you're a friend of mine